Representative Tulsi Gabbard here in Manchester, New Hampshire. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Uh, I get here yesterday, my first trip to New Hampshire. Okay. And what do I notice? You're everywhere. There are billboards, a soldier's heart, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. And the first thing I ask myself, I'm, I'm a conservative. The first thing I ask myself is, I appreciate that. Yeah. Does the voter in Manchester appreciate that? So talk about that. In terms of a strategy, what is the plan to get New Hampshire voters to come to the Tulsi Gabbard camp? Absolutely. Well, this is what we've been doing here now for almost uh, actually a little over a year, understanding, look, I'm not coming in as famous or well-known as some of the other candidates. So getting my name out there, getting my message out there uh, has been a priority. And uh, what we are seeing is a beautiful thing. We have Democrats, Republicans, Independents, and Libertarians every single day coming out to our town halls, coming out and supporting my campaign because they understand who I am, that uh, I have dedicated my entire adult life to serving our country. And uh, I have and will always put country first, be able to lead our country, to help to heal these divides and treat every American with respect. Uh, understanding that our strength is rooted in our unity uh, and rooted in our constitution, the, the, the values and principles enshrined there. And if we can get back to that, get past the hyper-partisanship, then we can really start to actually solve some problems. When you talk about the military and, I, and, and you having served, I think that there's a disconnect that we see, political right, political left, as to what it actually means, what it means to actually protect uh, the country. We saw in the debate stage that, and I do want to ask you about not being on it, and do we see a future where you're on it with the changes they've made for Michael Bloomberg, obviously, uh, that it didn't seem anybody was willing to say Qasem Soleimani is a terrorist and taking him out was a good thing. Was Qasem Soleimani a terrorist and was taking him out a good thing? Uh, there's two important things here that we need to have a commander in chief who is not acting on emotion and just saying, well, we need to take out all the bad guys uh, in the world. You have to have a, a commander in chief who's making tactical and strategic decisions. Uh, President Trump's decision to take out Soleimani, who's top general officer of the Iranian military, uh, was an act of war that Congress did not authorize. There was no evidence presented of the imminent threat that would have authorized Trump to invoke uh, Article 2 to take that action unilaterally, number one. Uh, so he should have come to Congress and made that argument about why he felt it was in our country's national security interests so that Congress could fulfill its constitutional role. The second thing is, again, why it's critical to have a commander-in-chief who has foresight to be able to understand what the consequences of these decisions are. Taking that action and further escalating tensions and this war with Iran uh, has resulted in two major things that are undermining our national security. Number one, specifically in Iraq. Our troops and our commander there uh, were there to be able to prevent a resurgence of terrorist groups like ISIS and al-Qaeda. That was their mission that Congress did authorize. In the wake of this uh, attack, the, our commander said we can no longer focus on that mission against terrorist groups. We have to redirect all of our resources towards it. Uh, posting a defensive posture against an Iranian military threat or a threat coming from Iranian-backed militia in Iraq. This leaves the door wide open for these terrorist groups to then begin to reconstitute themselves, 
and and potentially uh, pose this resurgence, which is a threat to our country's national security interests. The second thing is about Iran's nuclear program. Since Trump pulled out from that nuclear program, and since this tension and these war uh, this war is escalating, Iran is now enriching uranium again, not complying with the Iran nuclear agreement, uh, leaving them in a position where they are making progress towards. Uh, developing a nuclear weapon or having that capability, something that poses a threat to our allies and to the people of the United States. This is why having a commander-in-chief who understands, once again, the consequences of these decisions and makes them, therefore, what actually is in our country's national security interests. Uh, this is the change in the kind of leadership that I would bring, given the seven years of experience I have in Congress on the Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, on the Armed Services and Homeland Security Committees, as well as my own personal experience of serving as a soldier now for almost 17 years, uh, deploying twice the Middle East, having served in Iraq uh, during the height of the war in 2005, and understanding in a very direct way who pays the price. Your staff wants me to, to wrap up, and I appreciate them because you're on I the timeline. they want me to and wrap have, up. No, no, no. They want you to go on for forever, <laughs> and we should have lunch and do a whole okay. thing. Uh, but I, I want to talk about the debate stage really quick. Yeah. Um, they've changed the rules, and you're somebody who has witnessed firsthand how they changed the rules. That's why you quit the DNC in 2016, and here you are in 2020, and they've put you on the outside looking in. What's the Tulsi Gabbard plan, regardless of the place in New Hampshire? Is it ride it to the convention? Is it I can convince enough people that my message is a valuable message? We may disagree on message, but I don't agree with what the Democratic Party is doing to sure. you. So how do you how do you overcome that? Uh, continue to focus uh, directly reaching out to voters through every platform possible. Uh, it, it's unfortunate that uh, both the corporate media and uh, some of the DNC have chosen to try to have their own kind of pre-primary before voters actually get a chance to go to the polls and picking and choosing who they believe voters should hear from. Um, but, the, you know, vo voters themselves are frustrated with the situation because they know that they have the power to make the decision. So uh, we're working hard here in New Hampshire today and tomorrow we'll be headed to South Carolina very quickly, I think tomorrow night, and continuing to carry our message um, across the country. Representative Tulsi Gabbard, thank you for taking the time. I want to say one thing before Go we... Go ahead. My mother is from Indiana. She was born in Decatur. What? So my family has roots in your home state. I, why was I not notified? <laughs> you got a whole staff of people in excellent swag, by the way. You have Good. the best swag Good. out there by far. <laughs> Nobody you. tells me anything. Well, this is why. I wanted to let you know. Representative the Hoosier Tulsi there. Gabbard, Hawaii. <laughs> that was just an afterthought. <laughs> a pleasure. Aloha. Absolutely.